Yeah, great. Tim, thanks for mentioning this. We've got a total of six stops. Uh, we'll start this next week, but we'll be in uh, Atlanta and Augusta this week. And then we've got Albany, Savannah, and Macon, and another Atlanta stop later on this fall. Uh, what is this? You take uh, alternative fuel vehicles around the state. Yeah, it's not a ride and drive like maybe folks have heard about before where you go out and you test drive. This is where you come and you look at, uh, in our vehicle showcase uh, in the 9 o'clock hour, you, you look at the vehicles, you sit in them, you talk to the experts, and it's not only commuter vehicles like the Chevy Bolt or the Nissan Leaf or Tesla, but we've got you know shuttle vans and buses and natural gas trash trucks and all kind of alternative fuel vehicles, including UPS package cars that run on propane. And what we're really trying to showcase is the fact that there are a lot of great alternatives out there that use, in many cases, an American source of fuel and have far fewer emissions. Uh, now, where are we? Because we've been doing this for a few years, and we've been talking about this for a few years. Uh, alternative fuel vehicles, they've been around for a number of years. Electric cars aren't new. They've been around for a very long time. What is new, obviously, the technology that improves, that continues to improve, and the availability of places to, to plug in and charge. All of that is improving, and the quality of the vehicles getting better all the time. The vehicle's getting better looking, too. We should point that out. So, I mean, a lot of things that are different, but in terms of where we are, in terms of where we want to be, uh, people driving these cars for the reasons we want them. Or some folks want them to drive these cars. Where are we? Yeah, you know, the Germans were a little late getting to the party, but they have arrived. And I was at Mercedes uh, headquarters over in Sandy Springs last week where they have just received their first, what they call their EVC series. It's a fully electric series. They've had a few little plug-in hybrids that would run 15 miles on electricity in addition to the high-powered gas engine. But they now have come with a fully electric vehicle, 200-mile range, and a Mercedes SUV. It debuted in Germany in May, and it just got here Wednesday a week ago. Hadn't hit the dealerships yet. But uh, the fact that the Germans are coming to the table, Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, Mercedes, is certainly, I think, going to be a game-changer because they are you know, known in the market for you know, finely engineered vehicles, high high-end, you know, expensive, and I think as more folks with money acquire these cars, the folks with money will demand from their elected officials more chargers, more infrastructure so they can run their cars. So I think it helps having the Germans here. Uh, which begs the question, Tim Eccles, Georgia Public Service Commission, so much of this is Tim Eccles. It's almost Tim Eccles' private citizen going out and doing a lot of this stuff on his own time and his own dime. That said, uh, you mentioned electricity as a Georgia Public Service Commissioner helped regulate that industry in Georgia. What role, if any, is there for the Public Service Commission to play, for the legislature to play? Yeah, because... Uh, utilities really are seeing kind of a decreasing demand uh, due to you know energy efficiency and, and that kind of thing. Uh, the electric cars represent uh, an, an increased business for them, and we have an interest in that in Georgia at the Public Service Commission. We do want good grid utilization. We do want them to you know take advantage of all the plants that they built that our ratepayers are paid for. And the only load growth we've seen with Georgia Power over the last five years has been electric vehicles. So in as much as the PSC can provide attractive charging rates, uh, especially at home for folks, and provide rebates for chargers, uh, it, 
it gets companies and individuals to try this, which which boosts uh, electric demand, which which equals in, um, better utilization of the grid, which ultimately saves everyone money. I know that sounds confusing, but but trust me that if we're using power overnight, uh, you know, charging electric cars, it is helping everyone and actually putting downward pressure on rates. Again, now the the. Clean Energy Roadshow next week starts Tuesday of next week. I'm looking down the list here, and folks can see the list. Uh, these stops along our website at WGAURadio.com. Looks like the closest to us are uh, going to be in Atlanta on Tuesday at the South Face Institute. Atlanta again on the 16th of October. That's a Wednesday at the Georgia Power Company Customer Resource Center. So a couple of stops that are close to home here. Now, we, we keep talking about electric cars and charging stations, but as I understand it, any number of fuels to fuel these alternative vehicles, one of which is natural gas. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, we have candidates like Bernie Sanders and others kind of poo-pooing natural gas, wanting to, you know, ban fracking, issue executive orders to to shut that industry down. But truth be told, uh, not just from Americans, but I've talked to Germans about this. I mean, their comment is that fracking and cheap American natural gas has, has provided a resurgence of American manufacturing. It's actually causing companies like BMW and BASF, German companies, to stop building things over there and move uh, their very high-heat intensive manufacturing processes to America because the, you know, the energy cost is at least one-third of what it is in Germany and some, in some cases even more. Uh, so I think it's been good for our country and in as much as we can use it in buses and trash trucks and package cars things that are running all the time out there. It's a double whammy, Tim. It not only is cheaper, it's not only cleaner and more efficient, but but it uh, improves our air quality, which which everybody should love. All right, Tim Eccles, Georgia Public Service Commission. Now, you'll do something that, that I won't. You have heard me say this in our conversations over the years. You talked about just now Bernie Sanders over there on the left and so many of those folks. My observation is uh, that the folks on the left tend to, when it comes to energy production, they tend to be against anything that works and in favor of things that don't, or in favor of things that don't work yet in any widespread and massive way. If it works, if it's coal, if it's nuclear, if it's natural gas, they're going to be opposed to it, and they're going to be in favor of, I don't know, unicorn farts and things that don't yet work. Now, here's what you do that I don't do. And you do it every week on your radio show, Energy Matters, uh, 8 o'clock Saturday mornings here on WGAU. You engage these folks. I mean, you, you reach out to these folks who are on the other side of the aisle. There, there is no more conservative Republican than Tim Eccles and probably no greener Republican than Tim Eccles when it comes to this kind of thing. You try to engage and meet these folks where they live. I, my question would be, how successful is that effort, generally speaking? Yeah, you know, one of the things we've been talking about on WGAU on Saturday mornings, uh, especially with Andrew Saunders, the sustainability director for Clark County, is biomass. And we have seen uh, several left-leaning Democrats move on biomass and begin to begin to promote it because I think we've had a civil conversation about it, and we've convinced them that this Georgia resource – and in the case of southwest Georgia, a lot of dead trees laying on the ground due to hurricanes that is far better to chip that up and make steam uh, and make electricity, which which uh, Procter & Gamble can use to make toilet paper and Starbucks can use to make cups in Dublin. It's far better to do that than 
just to treat it like, oh, this is, you know, this is a, this is a part of the forest that we shouldn't touch. And so, I think it's important, you know, to talk to these folks. I, I don't think they're, you know, their ideas are necessarily crazy. I think that that their motives are good, their intentions are right, but the way that the left operates uh, a lot is that they want it, and they want it right now. They want it before it becomes financially viable. And I think Republicans like myself, we tend to be a little more patient. We tend to want to let the market come to us, so to speak. And this has happened with solar. Solar prices are down 10x from 10 years ago when I took office. And our commission is adding an enormous amount of it. But there's no subsidy. There's no mandate. And I feel like we're doing it in a logical, more disciplined approach. A lot of folks wouldn't know that Georgia has more Department of Defense solar than any other state in the nation. We've got it on five military bases. And these are 30 megawatt arrays. And we're about to do a, a sixth one uh, on uh, Warner Robins Air Force Base, 139 megawatts. So Guarantee, I didn't know that. That's uh, Tim Eccles, Georgia Public Service Commissioner, Republican from Bogart, frequent guest, friend of the program, and host of his own show here on WGAU Saturday mornings, Energy Matters. Tim Eccles with us for another few minutes here. What are we talking about there? Uh, the solar arrays on military installations in Georgia. I don't think, in fact, I know I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, this this was cool because the Army and Air Force, Navy, uh, the subway, uh, subbase down the same areas, they all have these orders, uh, quote unquote, from the Pentagon to become more resilient, more energy, uh, you know, more of an energy island where they can maintain operations, you know, in case of a hurricane or something where they would lose power. So we took the opportunity essentially to, as a commission, to approve Georgia Power building solar on military land and the power going back onto the grid. So, you know, the Army, Air Force, Navy, even the Marine Base and Army, they didn't have to spend the money on the panels. Uh, Georgia Power and our ratepayers built it, and we're getting all the power except in case of an emergency. So it's, it's really a win when you think about a military base that might one day, um, depending on who's elected president, right? You may have a an anti-military president like a Bernie Sanders elected, but they decide that we're going to shut down 25 percent of the bases. And so, that commission, that's the one Georgia calling. We want our bases to look as good as possible because they are a tremendous economic engine in Columbus and Valdosta and Warner Robins and in St. Mary's, and so we did this in part to help them be able to check a Pentagon box. Uh, you mentioned St. Mary's down there on the Georgia coast, Tim Eccles, Georgia Public Service Commission, Sapelo Island down there as well. What you got going on there? Yeah, most folks have never been to Sapelo. UGA has a little facility in the old Arkin Hunter Dairy there. They've got a, a marine biology facility, a little dorm. You know, professors are down there doing experiments, but on the other side of the island, in Raccoon Bluff, there's a, a community that was set aside by R.J. Reynolds, the tobacco magnate who owned that island at one time. He donated it to the state of Georgia or sold it to the state of Georgia. But the Gullah Geechee uh, descendants, these are low-country slave descendants. Uh, you hear about them in Hilton Head, and, and primarily 
in the low country, but there's a small group that lives in a neighborhood there. They have a library, a little you know, broken down playground. And I was out there looking at some stuff because I regulate dairy and telephone the island and and came up with the idea of hey, why don't we build a building here, that little dilapidated playground, a really nice pavilion with solar that would power this little library that has all their artifacts. And while we're at it, let's fix this swing and fix these broken things and put Thompson uh, water seal on these and get some new picnic tables. So we're doing all that. Tomorrow we'll be unveiling this and dedicating it to an older black woman on the island. And uh, it's already generating power today, believe it or not, right to that library more than they need and feeding a little part of it back onto the grid for an additional revenue stream for the library. Tim Eccles, Georgia Public Service Commission, another few minutes here. Uh, every time we talk, we need the update. How are we doing on Plant Vogel construction there? I mean, if I'm looking at a calendar, we're getting deep into 2019 now. Uh, as the original timeline was laid out, we'd have electricity generated down there by now. We're still some time and some distance and some few dollars away. How goes the work down there? Yeah, we're, you know, we haven't certified any more money for them. That's good. I mean, we, we've done that you know, a, a couple of times. Um, and it is a dilemma. It's not something I'm proud of in the sense that we've gone over budget and, and over time. But the thing is coming up, the top zone unit three, we've all already ordered fuel for it. It's connected to the grid, not generating power, but it's getting its power now from the grid for all the systems. Unit four coming along behind it. We didn't have any learning curve on that unit. So that's going, that's going fine. I, you know, we're, we're technically about three months ahead of the, you know, revised schedule. So, you know, we've got a little bit of room to slope. I think we're going to make it. Uh, I think I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that's, that is going to happen. China's got four of these running, uh, and I'll, I'll certainly be glad when we get this thing done and can stop talking about it. Uh, which was what? What is that revised timeline now, 2021, 2022? Uh, the revised timeline uh, that we, we've had penalties that if they're not done by November 21, with that first unit, then we're going to start whacking their return on e- on on, um, on equity, which is their profit. Uh, we're going to start whacking it, you know, a couple of percents at a time uh, and whittle it down. So they're very motivated. Right now, I think they're set for late June 2021 uh, uh, for that first unit. So and we're getting, you know, we're getting up there less than two years, uh, you know, to have it uh, have it connected to the grid and working. Georgia Public Service Commissioner Tim Eccles. Another couple of minutes here. Uh, finally, and we've mentioned this a couple of times this morning, the show, and you'll know better than I. I know you started several months ago, 8 o'clock Saturday mornings here on WGAU, and, of course, on demand at WGAURadio.com, the on-demand podcast section there. Energy Matters is the show, and you focus for an hour every Saturday morning. You get, as you've mentioned already a couple of times, I guess, who can come in here, experts in various fields, and you discuss, uh, yes, that thing that powers all of our economies and all of our lives in a real way, uh, energy, electricity, however we happen to get it. How goes the show? Yeah, we've got a really fun show coming up tomorrow at 8. Everybody who's involved with fantasy football and NFL, I'm sure you've talking about football this morning, uh, we, we took that ESPN type of fantasy football uh, structure and we created a little energy league uh, with four fantasy teams and on tomorrow's show, we're going to draft our team. Uh, 
and each team has uh, a utility executive, two renewable leaders, uh, someone from the media, a regulator, uh, an elected official, and a flex player. And our producer, Logan Logan Booker, has just uh, gone over the top with all the sound effects from the NFL. It is going to be such a fun show tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. at WGRU. And again, the idea is to just continue to focus on. Again, we, I think we probably lose focus until I don't know the storm rumbles through and the power goes out for a couple of hours. Just how vital and vital, vitally important electricity is to the economy. We don't work. We have a completely different world. We have a dystopian world without electricity anymore. And your show focusing on on yes, that electric generation. However, we happen to get it. Yeah, you, you look at what happened in Puerto Rico with their horrible grid that they had and how long they were down and what a hardship it imposed on the citizenry there. Texas has had issues this summer. They run a much tighter reserve margin in Texas than we do. You know, we, yeah, we, we do have a high reserve margin, and we've taken some criticism for that. But when you need that is on a really hot day in the summer, when all your plants are running and there's no more power to be had. And, and uh, so we've, we've taken extraordinary precaution there. And, you know, it's served our state well, especially our businesses. And I think that's in part, Jim, why companies decide to relocate here. They look at the grid. They look at their reliability. They look at the cost and say, hey, this is an important line item on our budget. Tim Eccles, Georgia Public Service Commission. Quickly, and I should mention this earlier, uh, you're up for re-election, right, in 2020? No, no, I'm not up until 2022. My colleague, Jason Shaw, um, he's a new commissioner, uh, and Bubba McDonald, who's 80 years old, has decided to run for another six-year term at age 80. And I tell you, he is a spry, spry guy, and uh, he, he, he keeps up with me, that's for sure, and surpasses <laughs> me uh, sometimes on the road. I, I'm, I'm just so impressed with his stamina and energy, and I'm hoping to get both of these guys back on the commission next year. All right, again, Tim Eccles, Georgia Public Service Commissioner. The Clean Energy Roadshow underway next week. A stop at the South Face Institute in Atlanta on Tuesday at Augusta State University in Augusta, obviously, on Wednesday. A couple of stops next week for the annual Clean Energy Roadshow. And again, his show, you'll hear it here at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, WGAU Energy Matters, Tim Eccles. And if you happen to miss it or you find it so compelling you want to hear it again sometime, you can dial it up on demand at WGAURadio.com. Tim Eccles, thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks a lot, Tim.